1: Recorded live. I am the one, yes I created the whole universe.
0: Greater than anything in heaven and in all the earth. It's my every so I'm the one that you should please. It. I am the one, you me why should you be alone? I am that I am, I'm all that you need I can, yes I can, no it ain't too hard for me Do you know, really know, do you really believe Every day, every night of my life, I am It hurts my heart indeed to see those who love and me nor and all, I wonder why they never call on me. If you just ask and I can satisfy you with those things, then i give you everything. Yes, you can have it all. I tell the sun to rise, the wind to blow, the rain to fall. I move the mountains and the ocean, rivers, great and fall. Yes, I am the one you should be, like, to do be alone? I am that I am, I'm all that you need. I can, yes I can, no it ain't too hard for me. Do you know, really know, do you really believe? Every day, every night of my life, I am. I am that I am, I'm all that you need. I can, yes, I can, no, it ain't too hard for me. Do you know, really know, do you really believe? Every day, every night of my life, I am. I am that I am, I'm all that you need. I can, yes, I can, no, it ain't too hard for me. Do you know, really know, do you really? Every day, every night of my life, I am. I am that I am, I'm all that you need. I can, yes, I can, no, it ain't too hard for me. Do you know, really know? Do you really believe? Every day, every night of my life, I am.
1: One part of the lyrics that really reach out or stand out, the part when they say, do you really believe? A lot of people here, but do they really believe? People pray, but do they really believe in the prayers that they pray? I'm reminded in the book of Acts when James and John was arrested and they beheaded James and John was headed to the same faith. The Bible said that the church began to pray. And when the Lord had sent an angel to release Peter from out of prison and he knocked at the door, Rhoda told the praying church. The church was praying. And Peter knocked at the door. And Rhoda told them, say, that it was Peter at the door. And they said, no, it can't be Peter. It must be his spirit. But they prayed for Peter's release. So it lets you know that people pray and really don't believe in the prayers that they pray. So It it don't happen just to just us. It's in the Bible, and it happened to them. And the thing about it, these were some people that had walked with Jesus before his crucifixion, had saw him work the miracles before his crucifixion, heard about his resurrection after the crucifixion, and prayed, but yet didn't believe in the prayers that they prayed. So when she was singing the song, that's the thing that stood out to me. Do you really believe? And we have to understand that that's the foundation of our salvation is our belief. He that believes and is baptized, the same shall be saved. So do you really believe? We were in Bible study on Tuesday, and one of the members asked the question, how do you really know to trust in salvation? is because if you really know that you believe. Because it's not anything tangible that you can touch or feel or you can spin or put in your pocket and pull out. It's something that's placed in your heart. So that's the thing that stood out to me with that song. Do you really believe every day, every night? Because there's times that I believe all of us have our doubts. Anybody ever had their doubts? Certain things you might go through, certain things that might be happening, or certain things that you fail to get up, or, or certain things that people come out against you with, especially if they're supposed to be people of God. You know, sometimes you have, you might have your doubts. So God do things to allow us to become real believers. Let us turn our attention to the sixth and the seventh chapter of the book of Genesis. Genesis 6 and Genesis chapter 7. Genesis chapter 6, we're going to begin reading from verse 3, and we're going to go over to verse 5, and then we're going to read verse 5 through verse 14, verse 18, and verse 21. In Genesis chapter 7, i want going to read verse 1 and verse 16. Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always thrive, strive with man, for that he is also flesh. Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. Verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination and of thought of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repented me that I had made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt: for all flesh had corrupted his ways upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me: for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood, Room shall thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without, with pitch. Verse 18. But with thee I will establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. Verse 21. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Genesis chapter 7, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come, thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Verse 16. And they that went in, winning male and female of flesh, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. We would like to speak for a little while from the subject, Stay in the House. Stay in the House. Our Father and our God, we thank you once again for your grace and your mercy that have kept us, Lord, from the rock of our cradle in this very present moment. Thank you for allowing us to be found in a house of worship where prayer can be heard and mercy can be found. When your word can be expounded on, fill our hearts with joy and gladness. And, Lord, we just want to say thank you today for your mercy that has sustained us and brought us from a mighty long way. And for it, Master, we give your name, the praise, the glory, and all the honor. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and the church say, amen. 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 What what a story concerning a people. It lets you know that each person has their own mind to serve God or not to serve him. This story let us know how much corruption and violence was upon the face of the earth to the point that it grieved God in his heart. And the Bible said that it repented him that he had even made man. But thank God that he always have a way out for you and I. For he said that in his word that he will never leave himself without a witness. God will always keep himself a witness in the earth that God is God, and beside him there is no other. From the time that Adam and Eve had committed the act of disobedience to God and to his word and fell from the state of righteousness, from walking with God in the coolness of the garden, that God had been in search for a man to walk with him, to have fellowship with him. But God found no man to have fellowship with him. Matter of fact, when he looked upon the face of the earth, all he saw was violence, corruption. And it wasn't that he saw the person acts. It wasn't that he was upset with what a person was doing. The Bible said that he was upset with the fact that every every thought of the mind of man was continually evil. Everything on the inside of him was rotten, was filled with violence and evil. There was no good thought in the mind and the heart of mankind. You know, the Bible says that God knew our thoughts from afar. And it wasn't that, if you look at the scripture, it doesn't say about the acts that they committed. He talks about the violence and the corruption that was in the heart of the people. That should be a part of our prayer. Lord, keep my heart clean. Yes, Lord. Out of the heart proceeds the issues of life. What a person is saying, how a person treats and how a person acts is not just coming from their flesh. It's coming from the heart. That's why the Bible says, what, what did David say? Lord, create in me a clean heart, a clean heart. And, and renew the right spirit within me. All that was in you gonna come out of you, and a lot of times things come out. Then we want to go back and say, "I'm sorry, I didn't mean it." And and truly, you will be sorry for what you did once you find out what's really on the inside of you, and is what we what we act out on. It let us know what's on the inside. The inside. What's on the inside of you? That's the thing that comes out on the outside. God knew that men's action was never going to be righteous from the time that Adam and Eve had disobeyed God. But when God looked at the heart, you know when when, when the children of Israel, when God had delivered them from out of Egypt, And brought them through the wilderness. Cleaned them and set them free. To bring them to the promised land. All through the wilderness God kept them and God delivered them. And at every turn they continued to do what? Complain. And the Bible said that God got to the point. That all of them that was 20 years and older, he told them that they won't enter into the promised land. But all of those was 20 years and under would make it in. Because of what was inside their heart. After God had done all he had done for them. After God had shown them signs and wonders, what miracles parted the red feet. Gave them manna from heaven. Gave them water out of a rock. They still yet complaining. They still didn't have God in their heart. They sacrificed. They built altars through the wilderness, but their heart wasn't in it. You can't just come to the house of God. You just can't put up tithes or offerings or sing a few songs without having God in your heart. You got to have him in your heart. I believe they used to sing a song, it's in my it's in my heart. You have to have a heart for God. And it's sad to look at this story here. And the Bible said that all the people on the face of the earth was corrupted. But, but, but Noah. Isn't that something? He found one man out of all the people that was up on the face of the earth that was willing to walk with him. Yeah. You have to start worrying about pleasing the people or walking with a crowd. Jesus said, broad is the way, and straight is the gate, and many go therein, but it's the way of destruction. But broad is the gate, and narrow is the way that only a few will find. If you're going to walk with God, you can't walk with a crowd of people because people will turn you away from God because there are some ways that God will bring you in your life, in your finances in your emotions and, 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 and everything that pertains to you and your household. God will bring you away that you haven't traveled before, that you get to know who he really is so you can have him in your heart. Because every day he didn't promise to be a day of sunshine. Every day is not going to be like you wanted it to be or you planned for it to be because God has some plans for your life. And the most ultimate plan God has for our lives is that we walk with God. God wants your fellowship. God wants your attention. God wants your love. And there are certain things that God allows to come in your life because God is trying to get our attention. How many times you pass people in your house? Have people on your job, and you just take it for granted. You don't, you, don't, you don't look at it in the sense that it's good for to be here. Or it's good that I have a mother, a father, good that I have sisters and brothers. You don't, you don't give them attention and the time because you take it for granted because this is something you see and go through on a daily basis. And this is the same way we take God. We have to take God more serious than we do. We got to give him the attention and the praise and the glory that's due to him. David said, "From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, his name is worthy to be praised." Out of all the people, not in the city, not in the town, but the Bible says, "On the face of the earth, the waves was corrupted, and nothing was in them but." Corruption and violence. In every imagining, the thoughts of their heart was only evil continually. They woke up with violence on their mind. They went to bed with trouble on their mind. Woke up the next morning with vengeance in their heart. Everything about them was something to do some kind of wrong to somebody. And the Bible goes on to say in verse 8, but Noah, Noah found grace in the eyes of God. That's the only reason why we still here, baby. You don't look that good to God. You don't smell that good to God. You don't excite God that much that he overlooked you and still accept you. It was only because of God's grace. Grace is an unmerited favor. It wasn't anything you did to earn what God has done for you. It wasn't anything that you said that caused God to save you. It was his grace that he placed upon you. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You ought to be praising God even now to know that you found grace in the eyes of God. Knowing what you know about you. Everybody in here Know themselves Know things that came out of your mouth Know places that you've gone And things you didn't did That wasn't right If it wasn't right with man What you think about God But yet you still found grace In the eyes of the Lord We're not talking about people on your job they pat you on your back and just and smile on your face just to get along with you. But behind all of those smiles, they may not even like you. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about God. I'm talking about the, the one who made the heavens and the earth. That's the one who you found grace in the eyes of. You know, everybody's not going to like you. And they got some people that laugh and smile on your face and pretend to like you really don't care about you. But God. The Bible said, but Noah found grace in the eyesight of the Lord. Just think about it. I just want you to use your imagination for a moment and think about the people that you was with when you done the wrong that you did. The people that you was with when you went to places that you shouldn't have went, but yet they're still out there. I'm trying to show you God's grace. Some of them same people are still out there. As far as me, Some of the people that I did it with, they're dead. But I found grace in the eyes of God. A lot of times I think about this. All the wrong I did with the people that I ran with, they're dead. But yet I'm still here because I found grace in the eyes of God. Wasn't nothing special about me. What was special was God. God saw something worthwhile saving, and he placed his grace upon me. And the Bible said, nor walk with God. When God then blessed you, and God then saved you from some things that you could have really been in a whole lot of trouble with, or could have even been dead from, some of them people, some of them them, them places, look, see when I, when I got saved? When I got saved, they had just thought to rob you coming out the lounges. That was just at the time that, that, that rock, cocaine, the rocks from cocaine, it was just hitting the street. And them rocks were so bad that people was coming inside the lounges and robbing you. Or either waiting for you until you come out the lounge and rob you. Some people got killed out in the parking lot. And I got through all of that. Am I talking to anybody in here? I got through all of that only because of God's grace. You got through it. All of us in here didn't have some kind of taste and experience with the world. And God brought you through all of that. Just recently, Michael went to a funeral with a guy that was only what, 32 years old. 32 died from cancer. Cancer, that 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 cell, that spirit could hit anybody, but it passed over you. It passed over you only because of God's grace. And after God has done all of that for you, when you really look at your life and see what it could have been or what it should have been, you should want to make up your mind that it's time for me to begin to walk with God. You didn't walk with everybody and everything else. Don't you think By now it's time for you to walk with God? After God has done, done so much for you, we give praises to everybody else when they do things for us that they didn't have to do. And we look for ways to show them our appreciation. I just want to give you this because I want to thank you for what you've done for me. Am I right about it? Why is it that we can't do the same thing with God? Because can't nobody do me like Jesus. Nobody haven't done for me what he's done. When I should have died the death of a sinner, he died in my place. Because when he brought me in, even though I wasn't doing everything I should have did, I had him in my heart to walk with him. Many things could have turned me around. Many things could have changed my mind. But thank God that I had him in my heart. And that's why I'm trying to tell you, church, there's going to be a lot of things that's going to happen in your lifetime when you walk with God. Because Satan desires to turn you around. When Jesus had called his disciples, the Bible said that he went to Peter and told Peter, say, Peter, the devil has desired thee to sift you as wheat. He said, but I have prayed for thee that your faith fail not. He was letting Peter know that there's going to come a time that you're going to go through some things, Peter, because of me. But hold on to your faith. No for assurance that regardless to what you're going through, I'm there with you. They was about to go through some things. They was about to go through some things that they had never saw before. What rain had never felt upon the face of the earth. But yet God told Noah, prepare yourself an ark. Get yourself ready, Noah, because it's gonna rain. He said, "In the lifespan of man' is going to be 120 years. look how patient God is with man." He gave Noah a message that it was going to rain. Noah began to build an ark in the wilderness where there was no water. People ridiculed. People laughed at Noah for what he was doing. Sometimes people will laugh at you because you're in a little church with a handful of people. You don't have a choir, you don't have no musicians. You don't have no, no ushers and no diggers. You go into that little playground. girl, you other. People will ridicule you and try and get you to turn around. Noah only had himself and his family. And Noah was telling the people that the Lord said that one day it was going to rain. Because they never saw rain, they didn't believe what Noah was saying. They thought Noah was crazy building an ark of that size, that magnitude in the wilderness where there was no water. And he told about it was going to rain. God was going to bring a flood. But Noah kept on building. Noah kept on walking with God. Even through the ridicules. Even through the, through the, through the, through the, through the, the laughing and the scorning that he received from, from people. Noah kept on working. You got to keep on working through all the midst of it. Paul said you got to press your way towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God which is in Christ Jesus. Noah kept on, kept on building. And God kept on waiting. For 120 years, he kept on saying the same thing. People kept on laughing and kept on scorning and, and mocking Noah. But his children and his wives, amen, they put their hand into the building. Thank you, Lord, that somebody is willing to put their hand into the building. And the Bible said that after 120 years had passed, people's minds hadn't changed. Their thoughts were still evil. They still had violence in their hearts. That the day came that the rain began to fall. And the Bible said that when Noah had built the ark, and he brought Noah and his wives and his sons and their wives into the ark. Lord, help us here today. The Bible said that God... Shut the door. Shut them in so they couldn't go out to save those that was crying on the outside. He shut the door so the ones who was outside that didn't believe at first couldn't get in. Lord, help us here today. And the day going to come that God's going to shut the door. The preacher won't be preaching anymore. You won't find grace anymore. And the songwriter said, Everything you need is in the house. Everything you're searching on the outside in the world is, has always been in the house. People looking for love in the wrong places. And the only place you're going to find true love is in the house. The only place you'll find peace is in the house. I didn't hear, I'm, I'm talking about a strong Christian. She's going on the go right now. When, when, when problems broke out in the house between the daddy and the children, or the daddy didn't want to go to church, she told Sister Evan, she said, look, i got to go to church. That's the only way I'm going to find peace and contentment. i got to go to church so I can deal with the problem that's at my house. Because I know when I come to the house of God, if you can't find peace, nowhere else you should be able to find peace in the house of God. Thank you, Lord. Salvation in is in the house. Everything that we need is already in the house. Love in the house. is in the house. So my, 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 my message for this last year, this last Sunday, the second to the last Sunday of 2016 is for you to stay in the house. You never know when it's going to rain. The Bible said that the earth was destroyed with water the first time, but the second time it's going to be destroyed with fire. And I still remember the dream that my wife had, that there had fire everywhere, and she was crying for her children. They had left the house. Lord, That dream scared her. Put her down on her knees and began to pray for her children. And she was trying to get them to come in from out of the fire. She was calling them and trying to get them in because fire was falling. My message to you today, stay in the house. Don't let the things on the outside betray you. Because everything on the outside of the house, is nothing but a mirage. Nothing but fool's gold. As soon as you go after it, it'll last for a while. It'll make you feel comfortable for a while. You'll feel pleasant and, and good with it for a while. But when reality hits and you come back to your senses, you'll realize that everything that you was looking for, it was already in the house. The prodigal son, who had been in his father's house from the time he was born, left because he wanted to go and taste what the world had to offer. Something he saw, something he heard, that made him feel uncomfortable with the peace that was in his father's house, with the contentment and the food and everything he had that was in the father's house. The Bible says he asked his father to give me a portion of my inheritance. And the Bible said that the father didn't argue with him, Didn't try to to convince him to stay, that he was going to go out there and fall into trouble and and violence. The Bible says he left. And spent all he had on righteous living. That when he got broke and had nothing, he was placed in a hog pen. He got a job feeding the hogs. Something that they they was taught to stay away from. It 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 was meant to be unclean for the Jews to have any dealings with hogs. But he found himself in the hog pen. And so many times people came back from backsliding. Some of them was only 20 years old, came back after a few years, and they looked like they were 40 because of the lifestyle they had went out there and how the world had been beat them, how disappointment had been, had been drained all the life out of them. How betrayal had broke their heart, and they came back to the house of God. Because they knew that everything they needed, it was already in the house. The Bible says when the prodigal son came to himself, he realized that everything that he needed, it was already at his father's house. He said, I'm out here dying of hunger. Have to eat what I feed to the hogs. And when I was in my father's house, I had more food to spare. He said, I'm going back home. I'm going to tell my father I sinned against him and against heaven. No more words are to be called a son. But if you only let me come back, let me come as a high servant. The Bible said that the father saw his son coming back home from a fall. He saw him coming back. Because if you can believe in your prayers, look for your child to come home. Look for your marriage to be restored. Look for your children to begin to act right. If you believe in your prayer, the Bible said the father saw him from afar. You know why he was looking for him? Cuz he prayed. He prayed for his child. And he believed that one day somehow God was going to send him back. And he kept on praying. Even when he didn't see him, even when he didn't hear nothing, even when he heard how bad his son was doing, he kept on praying. And before long, he, he looked down the road and he, he saw the boy trying to make his way home. Didn't have a, a coat to keep his body warm. Shoes had been wore out. Didn't even have shoes on his feet. He was dirty, grimy, and crusty. The Bible said that when the, when the father saw him, he met him, put his arms around him, and hugged him. And before the son can say, I'm, I'm no more worried to be called your son, The father said, this is my son. He was dead, but he's alive again. He was lost, and now he's found. Kill the fatted calf. Let us eat and be merry, for my son is back home. He said, put a robe on him. Put some shoes on his feet. Put a ring on his finger, for this is my son who was lost. But now he's found you got to realize that the grace and the mercy and the love is right here in the house. You ain't going to find it nowhere else. It might look to be out there, but the grass ain't greener on the other side. The prodigal son found that it was always best for him in the house. This is the best place you could ever be in the house, whether it's packed or whether it's a few. It doesn't matter as long as God is here. As long as you know God is here and God is with you and God has placed his grace and mercy upon you, baby, stay in the house. Don't let nothing persuade you and draw you away from God. He's the best thing that could ever happen to you. And my last thing for you today, stay in the house. God bless you. I gave to you what he gave to me. I said to you what he told me to tell you. Now it's on you to venture out or to stay in the house. But everything you need is already in the house. We didn't left a lot of things. We didn't left family. We didn't left husbands and wives for things that look good that's on the outside of your marriage, on the outside of your house, on the outside of the job, on the outside of the church, just to find out that once you then got out there and it then wore you down and wore you out, then you realize I was doing good when I was in the house. And for some people, they never make it back. Some people never get their family back. But thank God for God's grace and his mercy. Thank God for his mercy. For God said to you and I, before this year end, put him in your heart and stay in the house. God bless y'all, church. Amen. Thank God for your patience. Thank God for your time. Thank God for your presence on today. Amen. God is great and God is gracious with his mercy. Amen. Let us. Let us stand as we're about to be dismissed. Thank you, Lord.